Season two, episode three. It's the Off the Dome podcast. It's Bar Nation. How's everyone doing today? If you're watching this, listening to this, um, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, this is this is this is a work in progress. Still waiting for the camera to come along. The setup's getting a bit better. I hope. And yeah, I'm just trying to look to consistently put these out as much as I can. I don't actually have like a set release schedule yet. Uh, a few people were DMing me like, yo, when's the release schedule for the podcast? I don't fucking know. Just whenever I got time, whenever I feel like it. Now that I don't have school right now for the next month or so or next few weeks, I'm going I'm to have a lot of time. Today, we're going to be we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to be going over some of the recent news really in the NBA. James Harden, especially him and Ben Simmons, as you see right there. Um, and then we're, I'm going to be taking a look at the that the, the the GM surveys that they do every single year. If you don't know, uh, every single year the NBA, the NBA's general managers get together, and it's pretty much just a survey: who's going to win the MVP, who's going to be the NBA champion, who's going to finish first, second, and third, and in, in each conference, and so on. Uh, it's pretty interesting, and more often than not, they're wrong about most. Not, I'm not going to say most things, but I mean, I think for the champions, they've been wrong a few years in a row. I'm not 100% sure. At the end of the day, though, like, what do you expect? Um, most of us would be wrong anyway. Like, I made my award prediction last year or yesterday. I'll probably be wrong on all six of them. I'm not even going to cap. I don't give a fuck, though. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go into that. Let, let, fuck it. You know what? First off, let's start off. I just want to begin this episode with a quick shout out. Oh, and that's the other, that's the other thing. We're going to be looking at the best rookies so far from the preseason, um, and that's where I'm going to start off with. I was going to give a quick shout-out to one of them, but I'll actually discuss that in in this little segment that we're going to start here. The NBA preseason has been going on now for about a week now, and the, the rookies that got all the hype going in haven't been playing the best, but again, it's the preseason. Okay, if you take a lot away from the preseason, first of all, there's something wrong with you because... The preseason look. The preseason made Anthony Bennett look good, so that that should kind of give you a measuring stick to how much the preseason means when it comes to the NBA. Anthony Bennett, he was looking good. He was hitting fadeaway jump shots and everything. He was, he was everything. But but that being said, let's take a quick look at the the best rookies so far, um, who have been playing. The best rookies who have been playing in the preseason so far, uh, as far as just pretty much pretty much just. Statistically based, I've got five right here. Shout out to Hoops Empire on Instagram. Um, he came out with a post here. I'm just gonna check this out real quick. Starting off with the Toronto Raptors, 29th overall pick, Malachi Flynn. This man has been balling out, and the thing is that he's been doing this stuff against Lamelo Ball, who is obviously one of the most hyped players in in the NBA. An extremely high player over the past. When you look at the past. Past decade, past twenty years, maybe even all the time, just just the way that the amount of hype that Lamelo Ball's had his entire life back in Chino Hills, of course, and we really watched this man grow up. So now he's in the NBA. He's he's going to be a great player. Like who think he's going to win Rookie of the Year? I could see that happening, honestly. But the guy has been going up against Malachi Flynn has been outplaying him for the most part on the Toronto Raptors, putting up thirteen points per game. And when you watch Flynn play, I mean, shit, he, he's got a little bit of speed about him. A first-round pick, late first-round pick, in a good situation in Toronto. That's the thing with Toronto. I said that Toronto doesn't really have a future right now as far as there's not really, like, a chance that they're going to win an NBA championship. That kind of, that era of Toronto being real contenders in the Eastern Conference, that's over now. I think we can all agree on that. It kind of ended, I mean, last year I think they were a contender in the Eastern Conference to pretty much everybody's surprise, but... 
in reality, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of it. I don't like the thing is though, like they, they're still gonna be a nice team. They're still gonna be a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. OG Ananobi's got lots of room to improve. Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, they got him for a long time. Um, it's all right, and I see how Malachi Flynn can can do. the The next guy, Isaac Okoro, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland's got a few really good young players. Uh, Colin Sexton, Okoro, and there's one other uh, Darius Garland as well. They got fourth overall last year from the Lakers. Cleveland's got some nice players. And a lot of nice young players. The thing is, it's a small market. But if these guys can ball out, if 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 Cleveland can build this similar to how the Philadelphia, like similar to how Philadelphia kind of built built it out when they had a bunch of draft picks, a few of them turned out pretty well. And Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid, and all of a sudden now they're balling out. We'll see how these guys can can continue to grow in Cleveland. Like I said, tiny market. Uh, the, the, by the way, quickly stay on Cleveland. The, the, the reason, the thing with Cleveland is the reason why they were able to win an NBA championship being in such a small market. Like a city like Cleveland is not supposed to go and win an NBA championship. That's literally one of the smallest markets in all of professional sports in the United States of America. It's a tiny market. The only reason why they were able to win in, the reason why they were able to win a championship was because of their drafting. Like, let's be real. Cleveland drafted very well. They drafted the correct players. Drafting LeBron James first overall, that's a no-brainer. Anyone would do that. That's easy. That That's simply easy. Except for the Detroit Pistons. They might have gotten uh, with fucking Mil- Militich or whatever. Um, but the, the Cavaliers, the reason why they're able to win championships is because they drafted so well. The reason why they were contenders is because they drafted LeBron James. They drafted Andrew Wiggins, who, could th- who they could then trade for with Kevin Love, they drafted Kyrie Irving, who turned into a superstar in the NBA for a little bit. Let's let's hope he can get back to that. But Cleveland, credit where credit is due, the reason why LeBron James came back is because Cleveland drafted really well. Now, part of that is that they have been in the, they, they're fucking, they get the first overall pick pretty much every year because they're shit. But the other, and they have drafted guys like Anthony Bennett, but that's gonna happen. All right, when you get a shit ton of first overall picks, you're gonna draft an absolute stinker. But other than that, Andrew Wiggins might not be very good right now, but what you see the value that Cleveland got for Andrew Wiggins was the Kevin Love, who helped them win an NBA championship. When you look at Kyrie Irving, he's one of the best first overall picks of the, of the he's, better, he's, better, he's one of the best players of the decade. And at the end of the day, he hit the biggest shot, arguably of the decade, that and the Ray Allen shot, of course. Uh, for LeBron James and uh, and the Cavaliers there. Let's move on. The Ca- uh, just quickly mentioning the Cavs' drafting ability. Uh, Theo as well. Th- I can't really say it. Th- Theo Maladon. Not sure how to say the name on the OKC Thunder. Man, I swear, if OKC is good this year, like if 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 OKC fucks around and they're like a a, a twelve eleven, like if they get into the uh, like twelve season not good, but if they can get in, if they get into a seeding game, if they get into a top ten. A top ten seed, and then they go in a seeding game to see who's in the playoffs. That's gonna be some fucked up shit. The thing is with with, with OKC is that they've got so many draft picks, and their young guys are so good. Or they've got a bunch of really good young guys, particularly Shea Gillis Alexander, who's I would say Shea Shea Gillis Alexander is legitimately he's on the level of John Morant. He's in that same tier. He's not gonna get the hype that John Morant gets, but when you look at when you watch the Thunder play, he's on that same tier. And the the OKC Thunder have so many great young pieces that by the time they get pretty good, which they will be pretty good in a few years from now, if their draft picks can be somewhat good, 
the, the if they draft someone good, the OKC Thunder, they're going to be ha- they're going to be in a situation in a few years from now where with a combination of all their great young pieces that they're going to be drafting from the fucking like in the, like the shit ton of draft picks they have over the next few years, and also the fact that these young guys are they've been playing in big games. Shea Gillis Alexander, he's already played in a game seven in the playoffs. You know what I mean? He's already done a lot of Lou Dort as well. He's already he's already had to guard James Harden for for seven games. Young players are getting good, great experience, and that's going to turn out very well for the OKC Thunder in the future. That's what I'm saying. The Western Conference really only has one bad team, and I put that in quotes: a bad team. They have one team in the entire Western Conference that, if you put them in the Eastern Conference, they're not making the playoffs. Every other team, other than the OKC Thunder, if you put them in the East, they're making the playoffs. I'm just like the Spurs. All right, they're not good. That's my team. I'm not going to lie. We're shit. I could, we could fucking finish 15th in the Western Conference. But you put DeMar, you put LaMarcus Aldridge, you put Devin Vassell, who I'm going to give a quick shout-out to later. You put that team in the Eastern Conference, they're making the playoffs. Let's be real. The, the New Orleans Pelicans, they're making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. The one team that wouldn't, I think, are the OKC Thunder, um, and they've got like fucking 20 draft picks over the next eight years or some shit like that. That, that That's that. And now I quickly said Devin, Devin Vassell's name, but I just want to... Okay, I just want to quickly say this. The last time the San Antonio Spurs had a lottery pick was in 1997 when they drafted Tim Duncan. All right? The last time the Spurs had a lottery pick, they drafted Tim Duncan. The time before that, they drafted David Robinson. The time before that, they drafted Sean Elliott. Those three guys, the last three lottery picks that the San Antonio Spurs have had, have had their jerseys retired by the San Antonio Spurs. That's Tim Duncan, Sean Elliott, and David Robinson. Tim Duncan is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be introduced, I think, this year, along with Kobe Bryant. David Robinson's already in the Hall of Fame. Sean Elliott's an NBA championship and all NBA, or an all, and an all-star. Devin Vassell, I'm just saying, he's not a top three pick like those guys were. But the Spurs, no pressure, Devin, but you, you, better, you better go fucking off. And the thing is with Devin Vassell, too, he's underrated. I'm telling you all, this man's underrated. He's very underrated. When you look at some of the players who have been drafted after the ten, after tenth overall, Vassell an eleventh overall pick, Donovan Mitchell, uh, got you know what I mean, got guys like that, Obama to bio. There's a lot of players, especially over the past few years, who have really panned out in a better way than most people thought, who were drafted later than tenth overall. Devin Vassell, keep your keep your eye on Devin Vassell, because I'm telling you, there's something brewing in San Antonio. There's something brewing in San Antonio, and he wears the number 24, the first lottery pick that the Spurs have selected in 20, what, 20, 23 years, some shit like that? I can't do math. The first lottery pick since 1997 for the San Antonio Spurs, Devin Vassell. Watch out. He he's he's coming. I swear he's coming. He's on the way. Let's move on now to let, let, let's move on now to the to James Harden. A few weeks ago, a shit, maybe, maybe shit, even a few days ago, I had I did not think Harden was going to be traded. I thought James Harden was going to stay in San Antonio or stay in Houston. I thought Harden was was going to stay in Houston. I never really believed in those rumors um, that that oh the Brooklyn Nets want him. I mean, I kind of believe in the rumors. I thought the Nets did want him, but I just didn't see a trade happening. Let me make that clear. I didn't. I didn't see a trade happening. I couldn't see the the Brooklyn Nets with James Harden. As much as I would like to see that, I can't see that happening. But the thing is, I'm starting to see. I I'm starting to find it very difficult to picture James Harden on the Houston Rockets in a year from now. 
that's very difficult for me to picture. And I'm telling you, Philadelphia looks really good, and the Miami Heat look really good um, right now. They, and those are kind of the two contending teams to dra- to to trade for James Harden. Philadelphia said they want they, or Houston said they would they want Ben Simmons, and I think it was three first round picks for James Harden. The uh, in the Miami Heat, they, <laughs> there have been more and more people saying that Tyler Hero is, that that the Heat shouldn't trade Tyler Hero for James Harden. Um, I don't quite understand that but what I have gone a few about a week ago on Instagram I came out with a post where I would I went onto ESPN's trade machine to look at what kind of James Harden trades are financially possible all right and and keep in mind here this is just ESPN's trade machine is it's not going to be a hundred percent perfect um a lot of like a lot a lot of shit that ESPN says could happen it, uh, these are these are trades that are just financially possible, and then ESPN also give their estimated win difference. So if so if Harden was traded for, here I'll give us an example. So the first trade here, Kyrie Irving, Karis Levert for James Harden. It says the Brooklyn Nets are estimated to 13 extra wins in the regular season. That is over an 82 game schedule. Okay, so that's the first trade. Let, let's take a look at some of the trades that ESPN's trade machine says will work for James Harden. Let's take a look here. For, starting off. Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Slivert for James Harden. They project the Houston Rockets to win, or to 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 win 14 less games of that trade. Of course, without Harden and with Kyrie and Levert, and with James Harden, the with with KD and Harden, the Brooklyn Nets are projected 13 extra wins. The next trade, Harden and Ben McLemore, in exchange for the Philadelphia 76ers giving up Tobias Harris, Danny Green, and Matisse Thybul. <laughs> this is financially possible. This is a possible trade. Do I think it'll happen? No. But I'm just saying, according to ESPN's trade machine, this this is financially possible. The 76ers are projected an extra 16 wins with this trade. The next trade, this this one's involving the Clippers. This is this is an interesting trade that I did before um, Paul George re-signed that massive deal. I don't think that this can happen anymore. But it's Paul George and Lou Will for James Harden straight up. Straight up. That'd be pretty interesting to see. I don't think that'll work, though, at all. Next trade, again, another Brooklyn Nets one here. James Harden in exchange for Kyrie Savert, Tareem Prince, Spencer Dinwiddie, and DeAndre Jordan. Pretty much giving up their entire roster. And the funny thing is, the Houston Rockets with this trade are projected an extra win. They're just, they, according to ESPN, they're projecting the, the Rockets to get better if, if they were to trade away James Harden. Whereas the Brooklyn Nets, with the addition of James Harden, are projected a, a three less wins. And finally, this is, this, is, this is the last trade that I looked at for James Harden on ESPN's trade machine. This is financially possible. Okay, this is, this is financially possible at the time that I did this. And the only reason why I put this here is because I thought it was pretty interesting um, what ESPN was, was thinking like for the projected wins. James Harden for LeBron James is financially possible, is never going to happen, but it's funny because ESPN was saying that with this trade, the Lakers are projected an extra seven wins, whereas the Rockets are projected five less wins. I thought that was kind of interesting. That was kind of interesting. Um, it'd be, again, if that, if <laughs> in this fantasy world, if Harden were to be traded for LeBron James, the Lakers are not going to win an NBA championship. If Harden and LeBron switch teams, the Houston Rockets would immediately become NBA contenders. Immediately. They're not right now. Let's be real. The, the Rockets aren't, aren't going to win a championship. But if LeBron James joins that team, that team is a contender immediately. With that shooting, could you imagine LeBron driving it, kicking it out to fucking Ben McLemore, to all those other guys, John Wall and that team too? That team, that's, that's a championship caliber team. The Lakers, though, with James Harden and no LeBron? No way, Jose. That, I, 
I mean, sure, they'll, they'll be a contender in the West, but I just don't think that they'll win an NBA championship with that team. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's just a James Harden situation. It's going to be pretty interesting to see um, how that kind of pans out. Let's take a look at the general manager. I'm kind of jumping around here. It's not a lot of news to talk about today, but let's take a look at the GM surveys for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Um, let, 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 let's start. Let's start. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Which team will win the 2021 NBA Finals? The general managers of the NBA say the Lakers have an 81% chance, 11% of them said the Clippers, and the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat also received votes. Just four teams received votes for, for in the general manager survey. The Lakers, Clippers, Nets, and the Miami Heat. Last year, the, the, the general managers predicted the Clippers win the NBA championship. Um, that didn't happen. This year, they're predicting the Lakers 81% of the general managers in the NBA say the Lakers are going to win the NBA championship. I mean, let's be real. That's, that's probably going to happen. I mean, as much as I don't want that to happen, it's probably going to happen. The Lakers are probably going to fuck around and win an NBA championship. They're saying for the Eastern Conference standings, they're predicting, according to the general managers, the Bucks are in, in order, first seed Milwaukee, second seed Brooklyn, three seed Miami, four seed Boston, five seed Philadelphia, six seed Toronto, and seven seed Indiana. I think that the top seven seeds in the Eastern Conference are going to be, it's pretty clear that Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, and Indiana, they are the seven best teams in the Eastern Conference. That's kind of, it's, it's pretty clear. And then there's kind of a drop off and then you sort of get to the Orlando's. I would like to say real quick, the Washington too. Maybe, maybe it's the top eight. Maybe the top eight in the East are kind of, are kind of clear cut, honestly. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll say that. The top eight teams in the Eastern Conference are all pretty clear-cut. And then there's like a significant drop-off. I'm talking about Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, Indiana, and now Washington. The top eight teams are pretty... And then there's, there's, there's a drop-off to teams like the Orlando Magic um, and so on and so forth, Charlotte, teams like that. I could see Washington be a real, being a real contender in the Eastern Conference. The, the East playoffs are going to be so hyped this year. I swear to God, I'm already looking forward to that shit. But in the first round alone, I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have a big you're gonna have a big matchup. You're probably gonna see Boston and Philadelphia. You're gonna see Washington take on you know imagine imagine a Washington Wizards versus Brooklyn Nets playoff series. Okay, that would be fucking hype. I'm just like Brooklyn is probably gonna win that series, but I don't think it's gonna be a blow. I wouldn't say that a Wizards Nets playoff series in the Eastern Conference playoffs that would probably be in the first round or or second round. If that was in the second round. That'd be ridiculous. Imagine imagine Washington winning that shit too. Just just Russell Westbrook snarling at Kevin Durant. That'd be that would that would literally that that would make all of our years. I think that'd be just all that'd be amazing. That would literally be amazing. It would guarantee the Lakers win an NBA championship. Um, but it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. Let's let's take a look at the Western Conference real quick here. The West is a little bit more a little bit more iffy. I would say that if James Harden were to leave the Houston Rockets to join one of the, one of the contending teams in the West or especially in the Eastern Conference, then just like the East, there is going to be those top 8 teams that are they are the best 8. And then there'll be that little bit of a drop off to the the, the rest of the field. The teams like the Pelicans, the teams like the Grizzlies, the teams like the Kings, teams like the Spurs, um, and so on and so forth. Those top eight teams in the Western Conference are pretty, the top eight teams in the West, pretty set in stone. It's just about the different order. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, Portland, Utah, Golden State, and Phoenix. Those are kind of well known now as being the top teams in the, in the Western Conference. 
if James Harden decides to leave. If Harden's still there, Houston's always going to be a contender. And shit, even if James Harden does get traded, I say it decides to leave, but if he gets traded, Houston's still going to be a good team. They, they'll, probably get, they'll probably get a Ben Simmons, a Tyler Hero, someone like that. I'm not saying Tyler Hero's like... T- Tyler Hero is the definition of overrated as fuck. He's gotten all the hype, all the reasons he buys, and he, shit, he, he's living a great life. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not like I'm not jealous of many people in this world, but Tyler Hero, low key, he's got a low key perfect life. He's an NBA championship short of a perfect life. Let's be real. At his age, come on now, don't 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 lie to yourself. He, we all want we all we all want Tyler Hero's life. But I think the, the in the West, it's a pretty pretty clear choice. The Lakers are the top seed. The Clippers, the 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 Denver Nuggets, the Mavericks, Portland, those are all going to be teams that are going to be in the hunt for that one seed. I could like maybe one of those teams might win it. If one of those teams win the Western Conference, as far as like they finish first in the West, I'd probably say Denver just has a, just has a sneaky good year. Denver's always seeming to be a really good regular season team. Um, a team like the Dallas Mavericks or Portland Trailblazers, they're going to be in the hunt for the three seed. I say, if if the Dallas Mavericks do get the three seed, I could see Luka Doncic pretty much immediately winning winning the MVP award just because when you are a top three seed in your conference, you have a much better chance of winning the MVP than when you are not that. I mean, literally when you look at, when you look at players who have won the, who have won, when you look at players who have won the NBA MVP, who have not finished with a top three seed in their conference, there's not a long list. Like I can't, Russell Westbrook in 2016-17, when he was the first person in NBA history since Oscar Robertson back in like the 60s or 70s to average a triple-double throughout the entirety of a season, was is literally the only I can think of. That's it. And Russell Westbrook had a historical year that year. He, he led the NBA in points per game and averaged a triple-double and put up 42 triple-doubles triple doubles that year. I think it was 10 or 9, or 10 or nine in a row. Games with the triple double for Russell Westbrook that year. He had an historical season, one that will never be forgotten. And this, the other thing with, with with Russell Westbrook here, real quick, if Russell Westbrook never averaged a triple double in in 2018 and 2019, that 2016 17 season would be even more historical than it already is. People like right now we don't really. It's not even like all right. He he averaged a triple double. He did that. He averaged it three years in a row. We're never going to see that again. We're never going to see a man put up a triple-double three years in a row ever again. And people always like to say he's, he's stat pads. Sure, to an extent, you see him at the end of the games, he might grab an extra rebound. He might try to hunt. He might, he might pass out of an open shot to try to get that assist. Sure, I, I'll, I'll give you that. But when you look at the, the OKC Thunder's record, when Russell Westbrook puts up a triple-double, it's significantly better than when he doesn't. When he stat pads or puts up a triple-double, his team wins a lot more than when he doesn't do that. That's just Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's he's always going to be... I'm just saying he's one of my favorite players right there for sure. Um, Russell Westbrook. Let, let's, let's continue. Let's continue. Let, let's take a look at, at, the, at what the GMs are saying. Who will be the 2021 MVP? The general managers say Giannis Antetokounmpo, 32%. Uh, Luka Doncic, 21%, Anthony Davis and LeBron James at 18%, Kevin Durant at four at 7%, and e, uh, Nikola Jokic as well at 4%. I think it's pretty interesting. The, the the MVP race right now, the season hasn't even begun, but we're all pretty much speculating that Luka and Giannis are going to be the front runners. LeBron James is always going to be in there because of the narrative. Um, that's kind of the main thing that he's got going on for him. Same as Luka Doncic, the narrative's there, but more so for LeBron. Let's be real. That, like, if... 
which sucks. I hate narrative-based voting. It's stupid. It, it, it's, 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 it's literally dumb as shit. It's fucking pathetic. It's on, it, it doesn't even... It's stupid. It's like how Dwayne Wade was invited. Him and Dirk were invited to the All-Star game last year. And, so, and it's like, okay, you invite them to the All-Star game, but then you can't credit them with making an All-Star game. They weren't good. In, they, like, they, were, they, they, they were washed last year. I think it was last year, the year before. But that, that's another thing where it's like, I don't, why, why would you credit Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki for making the All-Star game when the only reason why they were there is because they were personally invited to the All-Star game because it was their last season? That makes no sense. They didn't earn their spot on the All-Star team. Meanwhile, you got guys like CJ fucking McCollum, who has never made an All-Star team because he plays in the Western Conference. If, if CJ McCollum played in the, East, in the Eastern Conference right now, I mean, he would have been All-Star like the last four years. Let's be real. Let's be real. He just got... The West competition for, for being an all-star is just significantly higher than the East's. And again, that's it. That's the thing. If you are a fringe all-star in the Eastern Conference, you're always going to get an asterisk from me. DeMontis Sabonis is an all-star in the East. Vucevic is an all-star in the East. As good as they are, they're not making the, they're, they're not making the all-star game in the West. That's what I'm saying. If you are a fringe all-star in the Eastern Conference, that's, that doesn't mean much in my opinion. It really doesn't. Because if you were playing in the West... You wouldn't even be in the conversation, especially if you're a guard. If you're a fringe guard, no, no way. Uh, let, let's go. Uh, let's see. If you, this is another interesting one I saw here. If you started a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Yeah, Giannis, Luca, Anthony Davis. Uh, those are those those were the top three. Giannis got 43% of the vote. Luca also got 43% of the vote. AD got 7%. Uh, LeBron James. And Zion Williamson also received votes. It's pretty interesting. LeBron James, at this stage in his career, still receiving votes for that award. Um, I can't really, I can't really disagree. I can't really disagree, honestly. That is that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, there's not a lot to talk about again today. I can't wait for the season to begin. Tomorrow is going to be a pretty good episode. I'm probably going to get some guests on too pretty soon. Um, some TikTokers, some people on Instagram, some basketball guys like that. It's going to be pretty interesting. Um, let me know who, who else you'd like to see on the show. Let me know topics that you guys want, want to see me talk about. Um, any tips like that, like and subscribe to if, you, if you'd like. I'm trying to hit 10K before the season's over and 100K on TikTok. That'd be fucking sick. And yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Off the Dome podcast with Baller Nation, Kanye, Mike Dean, like you always do. Take them to church one time. Let me get more volume.